This is Jeff Cross, and welcome to the October 24th, 2022 edition of Views on the News from the Couch, a baby boomer's attempt to pass along his views on the news. Quick hitters. Norway generates tremendous wealth from oil and gas drilled from the ocean floor off their coast. Much is sold in Europe as Norway is a small country from a population standpoint. Drones are now buzzing the platforms and folks are not sure where they're coming from. The thought is probably Russia and that Russia may be sending a signal that they will target Norway's oil wells. Speaking of Russia, the first deputy chief of staff of something in Moscow said recently that for Russia to win in Ukraine that normal Russians must suffer. It is not a minor military action, but a major war. Recently, there was an attempt to recall the district of attorney for Los Angeles. It failed because they did not have enough signatures. 195,758 signatures were invalidated. A group reviewed 2% of the invalidated signatures and found that 39% should not have been invalidated. I linked to a Washington Examiner article on this, and it is pretty devastating. Maybe two sides of the story, but it sure makes LA election official, officials look biased. An appeals court has temporarily halted the student loan forgiveness plan to allow time for more court hearings. I think they only do this if they think the side wanting an injunction has a good chance of winning. The New York Yankees were swept by the Astros four games to zero. The Astros are on to the World Series against the Phillies. Moving on, Jesse Waters of Fox News has a piece on Republican candidates finally fighting back. Jesse's a bit of a lightweight, and I'm not going to quote him, but he did remind me that prior to 1994, Republicans went along. Democrats owned the House of Representatives since early January of 1955, and Republicans would meekly accept their second-class status in the House. They took control in the 90s by fighting hard. Not nasty, but hard. They were not cheek-turners like the Bushes and Romney. They did not go so far as Trump, but they fought. The current crop of Senate candidates has been accused of being lightweights and extremists, but I think that is just dribble. Repeated often enough and even folks like me incorporated into our thinking. I've checked out a few. They're good, and they're fighting back. They may seem like extremists because the gobbledygook media only wants meek Republicans that won't fight back on the narratives they push. More on that in a bit. A week ago, I said there was a hint of a breeze in the direction of the Republicans that will be helpful in the midterms. Today, I would say a light wind is at their back. They need more, but right now they have a good chance of getting at least 50 senators and controlling the House. Of course, they need 51 in the Senate for control. Two weeks or more ago, the election conversation was about how the Supreme Court ruling and Republican actions after the ruling hurt Republicans and helped Democrats. I bought into that, but we keep seeing polls that say abortion is way down the list in terms of priorities. Crime, inflation, the economy, those are issues that voters say matter. I also think an, another abortion factor is coming to the forefront. Republicans are called extremists for saying no abortions, or only in the extreme cases, and Democrats coasted by saying it is between a woman and her doctor. But that nice-sounding phrase implies absolutely no limits on abortion up until birth. 
Not only that, but I believe health professionals may be forced to support that decision up until birth. Republican candidates are now fighting back and asking if their Democratic opponents would have any limits on abortion. Would they allow an abortion of a full-term fetus? Democrats don't like to answer that because a yes is nasty and a no gets them in trouble with the hardcore left. Probably the reason Republicans are asking that question is because of polls like one published in the National Review. They gave the 1,200 people polled two choices and asked which was more extreme, allowing abortions only in the case of rape, incest, or when the mother's life was in danger, or allowing abortions up to nine months with no restrictions. 57% felt that allowing abortions up to nine months was more extreme. 29% felt limiting abortions to rape, incest, or the life of the mother was more extreme. Not only are Democratic candidates emphasizing an issue that is not of top importance to voters, they may also be on the wrong side of the issue if Republicans focus on the unlimited abortion part. Dwelling on abortion for a moment, I understand pro-lifers not wanting to compromise on abortion. If they honestly feel it is murder, then how can they compromise? I don't understand pro-choice folks not compromising. What if they had argued at the Supreme Court for four months? Or what if the case never happened because they do not, did not sue to overturn the Mississippi law? What if California and other states adopted a four-month standard? Or Congress passed that law and Biden signed it? Democrats would own the issue. Politically, I think Democrats correctly saw this midterm as a potential disaster but incorrectly thought that abortion might, uh, the abortion issue might save them. Instead, I think it prevented them from pivoting sooner and, for example, admitting defund the police was stupid and addressing other serious issues. It is common in politics to appeal to your base in the primaries and move towards the middle in the general election. Focusing your campaign on abortion and allowing your opponents to say you are allowing abortions up until birth is not moving towards the middle. I don't think Republicans will win all of these con contests, but suddenly, for example, the New York governor race has narrowed. The Democrat leads by six, but she led by 11 just 10 days ago. The generic congressional ballot has Republicans up by three. Individual battleground races have a number of races close and trending towards Republicans. Many of those are in states where in the last several election cycles, the polls have shown to favor Democrats versus the final results. Will that happen again? Who knows? Polling is tough now with so few landlines and most folks opting not to be polled. One thing I read a lot about is poor Republican candidate quality. Initially, it reminded me of my make-believe story about Bush and Obama in an elevator, and they both fart. The media reports that Bush farted. We talk about Bush farting. Few ever know about Obama farting. Mehmet Oz is running against John Fetterman for Senate in Pennsylvania. Oz has been characterized in the media as a weak candidate. Oz's association with Pennsylvania is ten tenuous, and I think that's a legitimate issue. After that, I don't get it. I hear Republicans slam Fetterman, but not the media. Let's spend a little time on the fact that Fetterman had a stroke and seems to have difficulties taking in oral information. That would be like a deaf person, and they should be able to run for Senate. 
he does seem to have some other issues, but again, let's not worry about that. What were the backgrounds of the two men? I wrote the above before doing my research. It was going to show that Oz was quite qualified and Fetterman was lacking. I did not change my mind on Oz, but I did on Fetterman. Fetterman has a BA from Albright College and an MBA from the University of Connecticut and an MPP from Harvard University. A friend died in a car accident and that somehow incentivized Fetterman to get involved with Big Sisters, Big Brothers of America. He mentored a child whose father had died of AIDS and whose mother was dying of AIDS. He dwelled on the random lottery of birth and said he would help take care of the child when the mother died. He worked with AmeriCorps teaching students. Fetterman was the part-time mayor of Braddock and the full-time director of the youth program. The mayor position paid $1,800 per year, so his father subsidized his life, maybe to the tune of $50,000 per year. Reading through his tenure as mayor, he seems a bit chaotic, but with good intentions. Republicans are talking about how bad the situation is in Braddock, but I think it was pretty bad before he was mayor. In 2018, he became lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania. Some say he did not work hard as lieutenant governor and that he paroled too many prisoners. I think Fetterman is quirky and odd and way too liberal for me, but he has an acceptable background for the U.S. Senate. He is not a fart. Is Oz a fart? Let's check out his background. B.A. at Harvard, M.D. and M.B.A. at University of Pennsylvania. He played football and water polo at Harvard, was class president and student body president at the medical school. Sounds like he was a great cardiac surgeon creating new techniques, and he holds several patents in that area. He ran several cardiac programs and was accused of being a media hound. And then he had his TV show. My view did not change. He is not a fart. Smart guy, great doctor, has a TV show. He has an acceptable background for the U.S. Senate. When you hear about weak candidates, I suggest you look under the hood. They may not be your choice, but I can't imagine any being weaker than Joe Biden when he won his election to the Senate at the age of 29. Let's get back to the election, and for that I will use the link piece by Michael Barone of the Washington Examiner. Mr. Barone is a conservative, but he is a numbers guy. He offers a number of thoughts on the midterm election. His opening paragraph is, quote, If Democrats take a drubbing in the off-year elections, and it seems increasingly likely, but not certain, that they will, it will be because they lost their moorings when the country seemed to go crazy with excessive COVID close-downs and irrational obsessions about systemic racism, end quote. Republicans lead in the generic congressional ballot by 3%. He highlights inflation being a major problem and blames spending by Biden and Trump. Democratic crime policies have failed and the issue favors Republicans. Blaming Trump, quote, is past its sell-by date, end quote, and Democrats need a better stance on immigration than, quote, orange man bad, end quote. Hispanics are trending Republican. Abortion is not the issue Democrats had hoped. Republicans' weak candidates are performing better than expected. I find this next Barone bullet a hoot. He points out Republicans are doing well in Oregon and New York. He focuses on a New York Times article on the Oregon's governor's race. 
The New York Times crack team of journalists could not seem to understand why the Republican was ahead. Way down in the article, they did reference, quote, widespread homelessness and safety fears in Portland, which set a record for murders last year, end quote, and a new law decriminalizing, quote, hard drugs like cocaine, heroin, and methamphetamine, end quote. The crack journalistic team did not, per Mr. Barone, mention the Antifa riots that rocked Portland in the summer of 2020. The voters probably remember. The number one issue Democrats are touting in New York is protecting democracy, while Republicans are focused on crime. Thanks for listening to Views on the News from the Couch. If you like this podcast, please share with your friends. If you did not like it, please share with the rest of the folks you know.